the game, get you to the day. We're hiding the court, they're dying in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentations, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they work in your faces. Grace up the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays. What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you are listening to another episode of Pros and Joes, where we talk X's and O's, everything college and MLB baseball. We are here. We have amazing guests today, and an In Off the Bench podcast co-host is making his beautiful appearance as well. I'm sitting here with two Tennessee legends and the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, Evan Russell and Sean (laughs) Hunley. Welcome to the show, brothers. And Randy Jowers, it's always amazing to see that beautiful face. How are we all feeling today, my guys? No, we're feeling good. Ready to go. Pretty good. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Randy? Oh, of course. He sips. If I was any better, I'd be oh, Mike course. Hughes. Oh. Mike, Dude, I, 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 couldn't, I, could, I thought I was hearing gunshots in your background. My fault. Wow. Jim, get him out of here. Jim, get him out of here. I, told <laughs> I can't, man. He's ride or die Tennessee. I can't kick him off this episode. And any other one, I'd do it, but I can't do it. Oh, Where's DB? Where's DB? But I'm going to start off in all seriousness. Hold on. Since you brought that up, Mike, let me tell these guys something that we didn't even talk about coming before coming on the show. Go for it. Daniel has decided he's going to be a South Carolina fan coming into this season. So wow. they, they don't want nothing to do with DB. That's disrespectful. Mm. Wow. Poor choices all around. Poor choices all around. Starting the new year, too. That's insane. I mean, we, you know, we'll get into it, but DB is a fan of uh, one of your teams. So we'll we'll go with it. Insane. Insane. But starting it off with the new year, Evan, Sean, tell us how's everything been going so far? What are you looking forward to 2023? Man, it's a year of opportunity. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's next in life. And, I know Sean's looking forward to the season. Um, you know, he, he's got a pretty good road ahead of him. So I'm looking forward to seeing how his journey is. What a political answer by the mayor himself. <laughs> Sean. <laughs> yeah. How are you, Sean? Oh, we're good. I'm I'm currently in Knoxville right now. I'm training with um, some of the guys from previous teams that are playing Pro Bowl now, like Trey Lipscomb and Pav. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to, to the season and – you know, it's good like being here working out with these guys because you know we all we are going for the same goal and stuff like that. So it's good to be around these guys. Without a doubt. Hey, hold up. Um, I will say Sean Hunley is actually in Tennessee's facility right now. I can tell. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, I, I don't know what I, he's doing. I, I had to because uh, no, that's a good guess though. No, I'm not doing that. But I, I couldn't be around the boys because I'd be laughing too much if I was doing it in front of them. Randy, who was better, Evan walking through the Tennessee facilities or Drew Gilbert walking through Target? I'm going to have to go. Evan's <laughs> backdrop was a little better, but, uh, yeah. Gilby was getting in some uh, some some shopping. We'll just leave it at that. Getting some sponsorship <laughs> going on. Over here. It's Target um, in Tennessee, guys. Hey, uh, that, hey it's Target no matter where you are. Hey, they're supposed to be building a statue. They're supposed to be building a statue of Russ, I think, in Knoxville, like downtown. I heard, yeah, so. I heard he's supposed to wear a top yeah. hat, too. And instead of a cane, yeah. he's just got a walking 33-inch hat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> insane, insane. But, fellas, on a serious note, I mean, there was a lot of things that have been going on throughout the last 48 hours in the sports world. I don't know if you guys got a chance to catch the game yesterday um, between the Buffalo Bills and, obviously, the Cincinnati Bengals. But there's there's a lot of talk, uh, a couple of viral videos of Randy Jowers and I going on right now. Uh, so, Bart, if you're watching this, What's up with it? Um, but anyways, um, <laughs> looking at it in all seriousness, Demar Hamlin 
the T Higgins hit, um, everything that goes into that. What was your reactions on that? And, and how scary does that really make you feel, you know, because this isn't just a football aspect. This is something that can happen any day to anybody. A 24 year old male obviously goes into cardiac arrest fighting for his life right now in Cincinnati, as we speak. Um, and our thoughts and prayers at pros and Joe's in off the bench and the ASAP network are all with them. But for you guys as pro athletes, um, how scary is that for you? And how does that make you feel more human? I'd say it's scary because, you know, you're playing the game you love and it's, it's kind of a therapy game, you could say. And you don't really think about things like that when you're playing. So for that to happen in that kind of a setting or any setting at all, it's just like terrible to see. And you could obviously tell from the reaction of like his, his teammates, um, the fans and stuff like that, that what went on was just a tragedy, a tragedy and stuff like that. But I mean, you hate to see it, especially if he's 24 years old. I mean, you get, you give your life to a game like that and that, that sort of thing kind of happens and you just hate to see that. Yeah. Let me I mean, shot. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you you go ahead. I'll, I'll talk. I was going to ask you, Sean, man, the, the thing I want to ask, you know, uh, like he said, it could happen on any field, but, you know, if it happens on a baseball field and, and it happens to one of your teammates, um, if they were to tell you like they were trying to do last night, it seems in the football game that you had to go back out there and play, would you be able to? Absolutely not. There's no way. I don't even see how they'd be able to play within – even two weeks from now, like right. depending on what the situation happens, like I wouldn't, there's no motivation to, to even get back on the field until you know, like what's going on with his, with his life. Yeah. I, I'll touch on that too. Cause um, if Sean remembers whenever we were playing at Tennessee together, uh, we were playing, I think a team, I think Tennessee tech. And there was a guy, he was pitching and he was throwing a very good game and he threw a pitch and broke his arm on the pitch. Um, and obviously that's it's something that's not near as dramatic as what we saw right. last night. But even then, um, we saw a dude's career just get pushed back for 18 months at least. So it was, um, you know, it was very difficult for us to watch him come off the field and it was hard to focus on the rest of the game. So um, something that is at such a small degree that happened like that, to see what happened last night and to see how everyone's emotions were and the support that, uh, the young man is getting, um, I, in my opinion, it's very humbling uh, to see someone that is so uh, doing something that's so impressive uh, that that many kids, many people would love to be able to have the opportunity to do. And he's very successful in it. But for his life to come to almost a complete stop at the moment and how he's having to fight for his life, you know, everyone goes straight into sending in prayers and showing support and football kind of takes a step back. So I, I think it was really humbling to see, uh, even though humans value athletes at a high level, at the end of the day, humans are human. Without a doubt. I sent it yeah, earlier not. to Randy, too. My bad, Sean. Um, I, I sent it to Randy, though. The kid, Damar, man, I mean, he he does this toy charity, this toy drive, and $2,000 are raised, about $2,500. Not much. Um, you know, it's it's still a lot of money for a toy drive, but it's not much at all. And to see the community come together and find out about that, and now has over four million dollars for that organization over and for five that now. Five million dollars now. I mean, and that was just an hour ago. It was four yeah. flat. So I mean, the fact that the community is coming together in that way, 
Um, it, it's, it's amazing to really see that kind of thing happen. Now, of course, four of those millions of dollars are all from Randy Jowers, but you know, it's, it's something <laughs> nonetheless, it's still amazing. It's still something everybody should be proud of that. Everybody's come together in this way, but Sean, as I was leaning for you, um, I wanted to ask you, when does, in your opinion, are you able to play this game? Because a lot of people right now are talking about the business side of it, of, oh, well, we, everyone needs to figure this out. We have a seating. We need this. We need that. This needs to happen. It's a business. But for you mentally, when would you be able to actually step back on the field and feel comfortable in that aspect? I don't think you can do anything until, I mean, he, there's something, there's some kind of an outcome of, you know, him being okay. I mean, I know if he was my teammate, if it was – you know, a baseball situation, that sort of thing kind of happened. Like, I wouldn't be able to – I mean, there was guys on his team that were tweeting like they couldn't sleep, just thinking about him and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be able to do hardly anything probably until I knew that he was okay. So I don't see it happening – I don't know their plan. I don't see it happening anytime yeah. soon, to be honest with you. Yeah, I completely agree. Hey, Mike, i tell you something now that I think about it. Um, For both you guys, um, mm-hmm. they did have a teammate. Uh, obviously, he had moved on, but – Drew Gilbert had a scary moment crashing into the wall this year. What was it like for you guys? You know, start with you, Evan, watching that clip and seeing him hit and stay down for as long as he did. Um, it was without a doubt not surprising to me to see him running into a wall in a minor league game. You know, uh, Drew Gilbert's my guy, man. Um, I, I'll go to battle for him any day of the week, uh, no matter who thinks of him as an enemy. You know, he's he's always going to be my my friend and. I'm his biggest fan, uh, maybe behind Sean, but um, it didn't shock me to see him hurt himself, but it's also uh, very frustrating because I know he's he's wanting to get into the system and get going, um, especially on how competitive he is and how competitive the Astros are. He's ready to get going and make his way to the league, and I, and I think it won't take long for him to have success, but um, he definitely needs to be careful with them walls. <laughs> Without a doubt. I think that for like, you know, Sean kind of touched on it, right? It, it it humanizes the whole element. Obviously, we were all watching excited to see that game between the Bengals and uh, the Bills and to see it kind of unfold like that. We didn't know what we were watching. And me personally, I've watched a lot of sports my whole life. I've <coughs> never seen anything like that, you know, live real time. So definitely when I saw the athletes reaction to it, it was definitely a somber moment. So I think that it was said best this morning. I heard a guy saying, you know, a lot of people, this is for entertainment, right? Fans watch it to be entertained, but there is a human element. I think you hit on that uh, good, Evan. But Sean, I want to kind of transition over to you. There's no real good segue to go from that. I think Mike touched on it well. Obviously, prayers and, and thoughts for him. The young man hopefully re- recovers 100%. But the last time you came on, Sean, you um, you guys were had just made it to Omaha. You're prepping you know, for the draft or whatever. Obviously, you get drafted 19th in the 19th round by the Tampa Bay Rays. But really, just talk us through what that draft process was like and, and kind of what you felt going through at that range of emotions. Yeah, I mean, the whole draft like scene was – really nerve wracking. Cause I didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. Obviously I had a, a second year or another year at UT and I didn't know if I was going to come back for that or not. Um, and I, and I was kind of hearing my name, you know, like earlier than when I got drafted. So I was kind of pretty confident I would get drafted at some point. Um, and then it came down to like, I got a call on like the 13th and they asked me if I wanted to go and I was like, yeah. And then I didn't hear anything until like the 18th. And then they, asked me again and I was like yes and so they ended up taking me in the 19th round but that whole that whole scene was you know really nerve-wracking I was anxious the whole time but it was once I got my name called I 
I was on cloud nine because that's the whole that's the only reason like you play because you want to get drafted. Um, as far as like pro season stuff, um, I started out in high A uh, this this season, this past season, and um, I was there for five days. And a funny story, I I was like in spring training, I was expecting to be you know starting in low A and then kind of going up the ranks and stuff like that. Um, but then they I broke camp and I was in high A and. Within four or five days, I got a call from the manager at the high A team. And it was like, you know, like 11 p.m. And he's like, hey, uh, like when the phone was ringing, I was like, I got to be in trouble, like something's wrong. I'm either in trouble or I'm throwing tomorrow. It's one of the two. And I answered it and he was like, hey, uh, they want you in Montgomery tomorrow. And as soon as he said that, I was like, in my head, I was like, you got the wrong guy. Like it's been like four days and I've had like one spring training. So at that point, I'm like, okay, I guess this is for real. Yeah. So I ended up going to to Double A in Montgomery, and then you know I spent the whole season there, and it was really fun to to be around those guys because I didn't I didn't know those guys on that team from spring training because you kind of you space it out a little bit to play with the guys that you're going to be with. So I, I kind of went in that with like not knowing really anybody, but I you know it was fun to to be with those guys and play with those guys for a season. Sean, yeah, so. when you uh, my bad, Randy, but I have to as someone who uh gets into some mischief from here and there. I have to ask you, you know, when you're in this situation, you're like, all right, I'm either getting promoted or I'm in some deep shit. Like, do you, do you <laughs> go straight to the office or do you know, do you get a water break first? Do you walk around, make sure your shoes are tied, make sure everything's going around <laughs> or are you, are you kind of dancing around going to the office? It, it wasn't even an office thing. It was a phone call. Cause like when the phone was ringing, I was sitting there, like I said, I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. So I'm like, okay, like right. I don't think I'm in trouble. So I answered it. My roommate was sitting next to me <laughs> and like, it was like a legit 30 second conversation. And he was like, Hey, good luck. Your bags will be at the hotel in about 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> you know, I would have answered the phone and be like, Oh, sorry, coach. I'm doing a Bible study right now. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. So it, I mean, it was real fast. I told my roommate, I was like, Hey dude, like, I'm pretty sure I just got called up to double A and he's like, there's no way. And I was like, yeah, like they're bringing my bags, but like in that situation, it was one of two things and it ended up being something else. So no, that's, that's awesome. Evan, I want to go to you for just one second. Obviously it, you know, a lot has been made a, a legendary uh, career. You had as humble as you are. I know you won't uh, say that. So I'll say it for you. Obviously we're huge fans here. So you get to stay, you know, an extra year and be a part of a magical, you know, magical run didn't end the way you guys wanted it to, of course, but uh, the memories were made. Absolute blast to watch. But as far as, you know, going pro, uh, you mentioned it a little bit today, and we'll get into that. Um, you know, there was the dream was to go pro. The dream was to play SEC ball. You were able to accomplish that and accomplish it at a high level, be a part of some uh, building the program to what it is today. So I just want to kind of talk about what it was like for you, though. Obviously, you've reached your goals as far as you didn't win a World Series, of course, but you played in the SEC, play at a high level or a big part of such a successful run what was it like when the angels reach out to you for that free agent contract man that, that was a pretty cool moment um you know I, I was sitting there for three days throughout the draft not expecting much to be honest um, being in the situation that i i was 24 i'd played five years i just started catching i have uh, banged up knees. You know, I'm not the healthiest guy in the world after five years of college baseball. So I wasn't expecting too much. Um, but whenever I got the call, uh, it, it was a pretty surreal moment just because 
and it, it, it was kind of a phone call that basically showed 24 years of hard work. Um, and I was going to at least get the opportunity to get in the system, show them what I could do, see what I see where I fit, um, at least be a part of a professional baseball and be able to say that I was a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, the dream wasn't really the, something that that was best for me. Um, but getting to be a part of it just for a little while, it was pretty, pretty surreal. Let me tell you something, Evan. Shout out to Jason Russell because he sent me the the news before you had even signed um, because he knew, you know, we're loyal fans. And and I was like, I was wanting to tell everybody. And he said, as soon as he signs it, man, he goes, tell everybody. And it was it was cool. I felt like that breaking news reporter. I put it in all the Vols forums. Man, that thing, it, it blew up like wildfire. So many people were so happy for you. And it was cool to be able to to, to share that with so many people. So shout out, shout out to your dad for letting me break that. So yeah, man, it was it was cool to see all the support that I was getting at that time too. Um, mm-hmm. I think that kind of shows uh, loyalty that I was giving to the the fans and and the team, and I think it was kind of being reciprocated back in all just that one moment. Evan, we ride for you, dog. We got you. But <laughs> I, I kind of I wanted to ask you too, though. Was there ever a moment that you kind of take a step back and look? Because obviously we know where you grew up you know, in Lexington, and you thought like, okay, I've, now I'm signed to a free agent contract. I lived out this dream of playing at Tennessee. To look at just where you came from, was there ever a moment, or is that going to come later, where you look back and like, man, what a, what a journey, and really appreciate it for what it was? Well, I mean, I get chills about it whenever I think about the entire journey. Um, you know, I, there, there was a lot that went into it. I really didn't know what I was doing in high school, trying to get my foot in the door of an SEC school. I, all I heard was work hard and it'll, you'll figure it out. Well, um, I, I know a lot of people that worked really hard along Damn. with me that didn't get the chance of living out their dream. No, um, so I, I definitely had uh, a lot of a lot of blessings coming my way throughout my career. So looking back, it's pretty awesome to, to sort of see how it all shaped out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I think the, the lessons that I've learned throughout the entire journey, uh, it'll be more than enough for me to be able to, teach people that are wanting to go through the same journey and also um, be able to use those experiences for, for my next. Mm, that's, Man. A, that's, a, that's a nice little Easter egg there, Evan. I like that. We got a transition going. You got to You're going to have a, a hell of a story to tell, you know, your kids and grandkids one day as well too. But Sean, I want to get to you real quick. So you talked about a little bit about your journey, getting promoted. So you're eight and two to start your career in the minors, 3.39 ERA currently with the Montgomery biscuits, so at Tennessee, though, you were coming out of the bullpen. So I wanted to talk to you about what is that transition like coming out of the pen, transitioning back to a starting role? Uh, it's a little different um, mentality and physically because as a reliever, you go in there and you're like, okay, I got uh, I got to bust it up two minutes or maybe three. Um, you know, and you have more energy. There's more, you know, adrenaline in a, in a relief situation like that, especially here at Tennessee. The last year I was here, it was I feel like I couldn't, you know, breathe. Um but then it transitions to a starting role, it's different because you have to almost like progress through the game, I guess you could say, because you're not gonna go out there and just bust it out for one inning and then you're not you're not gonna be able to, you know, have anything for like five more innings. So it changes a little bit when you look at routines and stuff like that, because if I started out as a reliever at the beginning of the season in pro ball and like you, you never knew when you were going to throw. So like your lifting schedule's way off, 
you never know when to lift. You never know when to do your running because you might throw that night because you play every day. And then when you go as a starter, you have, you're like, okay, I'm throwing Friday so I can work out this day, run this day, work out this day and so forth. So I, I kind of like starting more because you have more of a routine, but I'd say the only thing that's different is the mental part of it. And then, you know, being as, as a starter, being able to progress through a game. Yeah, no doubt. But I guess what, what do you think has been the key? Obviously you talked about routine. What's been, is there one thing that's contributed to your success so early? Honestly, I think it's just, I've been doing the same thing that I've been, you know, I was doing and, you see you got the and they don't really have an idea where we're going yet they're kind of learning a little bit um it's the it, i saw in high a there was a lot of hard throwing guys but they didn't have the strikes that need that they needed to get to the next level so and then I, and when I got to double A, everybody was like, "All right, everybody's throwing strikes, but everybody has like plus off-speed pitches and stuff like that." So I think just learning, you know, I guess just doing the same thing I did in college, just throwing strikes and you know keeping guys off balance is kind of the. If you look at it in a bigger picture, it's all kind of the same game. Everybody's just a little bit bigger. Yeah, our girl, our girl Queen Nikki Mays from the SEC Focus page says that's a big transition. Normally, it's opposite. It started to relief, so that's awesome and hard, definitely. So Nikki knows a little bit about that. She's uh, married to a former athlete herself, so definitely kudos to you yeah. for being able to do that. I can't imagine, you know, the transition and what that takes mentally. And you talked about it too, the closer role. You know, and that, I've heard them talk about that too. When you're a closer or coming out of relief, whatever it is, it's that adrenaline. You know that it's like a one hit wonder, right? So being able to pace yourself and really you know, be able to extend that out for innings on innings got to be a harder transition than even, you know, you yeah. can say. Yeah, I, I will say, too, that my last year when I was a closer and coming into situations like that, that was probably the most fun that I've had pitching because I felt like it was, you know, the game was dictated by me at the end. Like, I kind of decided if we won or lost. And, you know, as a starter, you don't really get to decide that, but you get to give yourself, like, give your team a chance. I guess that could be a difference too. Yeah. So Evan, coming back to you. So you sign with the angels, like we talk about, you know, as opposed to Sean's process of getting drafted, what's it look like for you? Like how fast do you have to report? How, how quick does this process go after they make that phone call? I had about a couple of weeks of uh, figuring out the flight information, um, what I needed to bring, how long I was going to be out, uh, things like that. So I had a couple of weeks of preparing. Um, there wasn't really too much of a rush for me to get out. Um, you know, I was privileged enough to be or be on the same team as Ben Joyce, my former teammate. Um, so seeing him, which was in a way different situation than I was in, get shipped out immediately, go sign forms, get the physical done. Um, it was very, it was just very different uh, to be a part of that. So you get out there. Let me ask you, Evan, we talked to you about this multiple times on and off the bench. You know, obviously an elite outfielder transition to catcher, start to become and develop into this elite catcher. When you go out there, is there any talk of playing either one or is it one specifically? So I went out there with the intentions for both parties were to be the catcher or be a catcher. So um, there was never any talks of playing the outfield. I never once even – had it mentioned to me to play the outfield, to have my outfield glove. It was all, 
Um, if I was going to start this journey, it was going to be catching. And um, preferably, that was what I was wanting to do. I, I think that was going to be my best shot. So um, I definitely got in the system. I got, I got into high. I started uh, – I was mostly in the bullpen. Um, being being 24, being older, uh, sort of had it needed – throughout my process, needed other people to um, – Oh, we lost him. There he hey, is. Hey, yeah. Yeah, I've, I kind of needed other people to get injured or traded or um, play pretty bad. So Michael, take out kneecaps. We'll get you all the way to the top if we got to, bro. I tell you what, Evan, without a shadow of a doubt, for you, I'll go to the can. Like, I'll do whatever you need me to do. But, Evan, I do. You told me you weren't going back. I am. But for Evan, I do what I got to do. I need him and Gilly Goo on the same field in the MLB. <laughs> Um, but Evan, I do want to ask you in the most like respectful way possible, because here, I mean, if, if you need minor league baseball help, if you need a question answered, I'm your guy. These guys next to you, obviously, you already know they are second to none when it comes to college baseball. But I've been watching every single minor league team in the game. And I look at the Angels organization and I look at the catching position respectfully. And I look at a king like the mayor of Knoxville. And I go. Evan will fly through these rankings for you. Like really, what was that process into? Obviously you talked about it a little bit earlier, but was there ever a point where you said that it, it was a competition thing or was it really just a, Hey, I, I have other things that I want to aspire to do. I think it was sort of a, a combination of both. Um, you know, going into it, I, I had a couple offers at the end of the draft to pick which team I wanted to go. And, I looked into the angels and I, I was like you, I thought that was my best path. Um, so, so I was, yeah, yeah respectfully. Um, so I, I, I jumped Very straight nice into path. it. Clean gold path, like the gold road in the wizard of Oz. like that. <laughs> right. right. So I, I was going into it with very, a lot of confidence. I knew it was going to take quite a while just because of the minor leagues, but um, I went into it with quite a bit of confidence. Right. Um, and then about two weeks into me being on the team, they signed, um, they signed a, a guy, uh, Ohapi is his name, and mm. um, he's younger than me, and they sent him straight to the big leagues. And to be honest, he's better than me. So there was no mm. question of, of who, uh, if I, you know, oh, I, I deserve to get a chance, even though right. I was only there two weeks. There was no question of that. Um, you know, and then I, I started looking at the prospect list. There was the next highest prospect was a 21 year old catcher. He had just hit 320 with 17 home runs, um, was the MVP of the, the minors. So, um, you know, I, I was really just starting to look at my situation, right? Uh, you know, see that I was competing against guys that were three or four years younger than me, just as talented, if not more talented than me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, 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 w I have a, a certain skill set where it comes to competitive. Uh, learning how to to compete in the moment, but at the end of the day, the tools is what makes you a great professional player. And I sort of had to look in the mirror and, and see that my tools were um, not as sharp as some of the other ones. Right. And before I hand it back to Jim, and before we address what Nikki's about to say, um, I do want to say, you know, the in off the bench brothers up here and Jim and Randy did take my catcher personally, and I'm stuck with Tucker Barnhart. So if you want. 
Evan, I can make a call to the Chicago Cubs. I know a pipeline you can fly right through. It's as easy as cheese. I mean, it, it will not be hard. I promise you. So, Are you still crying at sleep at night about this Contreras thing? Just let, hey, Evan, oh, just let gosh. me know. Because apparently, you know, you're talking about me going to the can, but we got a couple criminals up top just taking guys left and right. So just let me know, Evan. And I got a spot for you. Hey, hold up, hold up. You think that, like, maybe the Braves got something to say about taking people, dog? Dude, I don't want to talk to them at all. Like, cry about it. Dansby, I mean, come on, baby. So, so, Sean, I got to ask you about this because, you know, when y'all came on together originally, you know, obviously your best friends, your roommates, but Evan's playing left field. And then you obviously move on and he becomes a catcher, you know, and as a pitcher. And so what was it like for you to watch him transition to that role and not even just catch, but watch him catch Dolander, Burns, Blade, Beam, Joyce, Camden. I could do this all day because you know the pitches, the elite arms across the board, and for him to transition and be able to do that effectively. I mean, yeah, he came in actually as a catcher. I mean, he was a catcher third base when he came in as a freshman, um, and I didn't think it was bad. I mean, he ended up playing third base, I think, a little bit his freshman year. Um, but then I remember after the season, I don't even remember when it was. It was before the his last season. He was like, yeah, dude. I, he was talking to me. He's like, yeah, dude, I think I'm going to try to catch. And I'm sitting there like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, I mean, that's a good idea because, I mean, we just lost path. So I'm sitting there like, okay, this is not a bad idea. Plus, what people don't realize is the decision that he made to do that actually bettered the team, I think, because it opened up a spot in the outfield for other guys because the guys in the outfield that were in there were, were good. I mean, and y'all had elite depth it, in the outfield, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. So it actually made their lineup a lot deeper. Um, but I remember him telling me like, Hey, I'm going to start catching. And I was, I was in town. I don't even know what for, but I was living here or something. And I remember him setting up the machine and I would feed the machine to him as he was catching to work on his catching stuff. And I, I remember what he looked like catching right there. And then I look back cause I, I watched their games like every time I, I got the chance and I'm sitting there like, that's not even the same guy. Like this guy, I'm like, this guy's framing 104 from Ben Joyce. I'm like, that. this is not what he looked like, you know, in the cages when I was, like, feeding the machine. But, like, it's – if anybody could have done it, it was him because, I mean, the guy works really hard. I knew he could do it. Um, I know people had doubts about him doing it, but I didn't at all. And, I mean, obviously it worked out for him because he did, he did really well doing it. Yeah, and, I mean, we even got on our episode, uh, Randy will tell you, we were talking to Alex Malazzo from LSU, and he, he even brought it up himself about how he watched Evan and how, you know, it was just amazing to watch how good he became, especially for the arms he was catching. So he was even getting recognition from other SEC catchers, not just teammates. But let me ask you, you know, and if you listen to the episode, you know the answer, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably, pro- probably didn't. So with that being said, who was the – the pitcher that he said made him lose sleep at night the night before he had to catch him. Chase Burns. Yeah, absolutely. We see Randy asked him what it was like to catch Ben Joyce. And he said it didn't mess him up nearly as bad as knowing he had to pitch Bur- or catch Burnsy the next day. If I remember, I, Evan can correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember him saying something like, you don't know which way his ball's going or. Yeah. You don't it know what you're going to. on TikTok, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Evan, if I get any money off of dog, I got you, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. So, you know, this show is called Friends or Foes for a reason. So we fixing a transition. We're gonna see if y'all did as good as Pavs and uh Lipscomb did, because you know, they got they got into the the villainous roles, which you Tennessee boys should, you know, welcome. Y'all are used to it. So mm. 
with that, we're going to ask some questions and we want you to be honest, you know. So I'm going to start with you, Sean, and then we'll go to Evan second. Of the guys on your team, it could be the, you know, the first year, the second year, uh, or in any of the years before, honestly, with as long as you guys were there. Who is the first guy that you think makes it to the show? And you can even say yourself, Sean, if it's you. I would say Drew Gilbert just because, I mean, yeah, I don't really see a flaw in that guy's game, to be honest with you. Um, he works really hard. I mean, I'd say Drew Gilbert for sure. All right. Who you got, Evan? Man, I already told you that Drew Gilbert's my guy, but um, I, I can't see – this next year going without Ben Joyce being called up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, okay, he's yeah. already, he's already right, got right. the tools. He's already got the I tools. I mean, the way he do- the way he dominated double A, of course, Sean, that's why I gave Sean the option to say himself. He he did as well. But Evan, you, you know, that's what we've we've heard from from multiple people. I mean, he's already he's already ready, dialed in. And what's crazy is Evan talking about you catching him, you know, like uh kind of go off on a tangent because this wasn't part of it, but watching we talked to him about it on his episode the movement that is now developed he's taking a little bit off he's not throwing 104 he's throwing just you know a measly hundred but that thing is moving now like i mean when you watch those videos are you glad you're not catching that anymore man it was almost like i i was so locked in whenever i was having to catch him that nothing else mattered in the world so um, i would never experience the feeling that i had at that moment ever again um, so yeah, I, I kind of miss catching him a little bit just because I could say that no one was doing what I was doing, but, um, now that he's got his, his slider up to 90 miles an hour, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. <laughs> right. No doubt. So Sean, next question is, this was the fun one because we, we had the, uh, the two hitters before. Now we got a pitcher and a hitter who hit the best bombs of any Tennessee player you played with. <laughs> Uh, you're putting me on the spot with this guy on the phone. <laughs> uh, I'd say, I'd say I'd have to pick Gilbert's walk off. I mean, no, not one specific. We're talking about one overall ball. Yeah, we know Gilbert has the moment of consistency. Moment. Consistency. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. Who's the best one to watch? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm gonna say Evan because I mean, I mean, what's he? He's like. He, he, he gets three I mean, in one no. game. That's yeah. why he is three he in one game. Three in multiple games. Multiple and, games. But when you do it against yeah, Vanderbilt, multiple. you're a legend. Well, I didn't bring Vanderbilt up the other one because it was against my team. You're talking Vanderbilt. <laughs> that, and was, that was my favorite. That was yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I go Evan. Evan, who you got? Man, I, I could say. I could say about five or six guys that I would just sit there in the in the dugout. And but you got to go one. That's yeah, the but, but Evan, question. Evan, really quick, um, you could say five or six guys, but tell me right now why it's yourself. It's not. It's not him. Evan's not that guy. He's no, not, I know he's humble. not. You can't be the mayor and pick yourself. Come on. No, nah, man. I I'll tell you what. If you remember a guy named Alex Solari, uh, watching him hit some baseballs in college was unbelievable. Um, especially he only weighed 160 pounds. That was before people really appreciated Tennessee baseball, and, and understandable, uh, we weren't we weren't that good, so um, it would be difficult to watch. But uh, Alex Solari was way ahead of his time when it came to hitting balls and letting the, the team know about it. Um, mm-hmm. But the the person that's going to be close to him is Blake Berg. Blake, Blake Berg, gonna, no doubt, that King looks, Griffey Jr. swing. It looks Blake so Berg's pretty. Play a long time. 
Jim, put that hater's comment up there, dog. What he said is, is the second one. Just make sure your bat has a sticker on it. I'm just saying. The Look, Van, Evan, I want to point this out to you. This guy that's saying this is a Vanderbilt fan, and you know, since y'all went into their house and embarrassed them, and you know, they tried to say y'all was cheating, and y'all they still got beat. You just got to roll with the punches, man. You know, you can't worry about this guy too much. Oh, that that's part of it. Um, you know, I, I think it would have been a closer series if they didn't just install new lights. You know, I think kind of helped. Hey, Drew Gilbert had no problem with them lights in center. I'm just saying. True. But yeah. hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what your boys said. Uh, I can't remember who said which one, but Pavs and Lipscomb. One said, uh, one said Gilbert, one said Beck. But then I asked who had better between the two of them, and Pav said mine looked better. And then Trey immediately responded before I could even ask him. He said, "But I hit way more." So, <laughs> and th- and they started going to each other. So I don't know. L- let me let me ask you that, Evan. Since you're the hitter of the two, would you rather have more? And they don't go as far. Would you rather have less? And they're just Titanic bombs. Give me more, man. Give me more. <laughs> you always gotta go more. I was no. just I was just as happy over that 450 homer than it was the 325 down the line, man. Right. It all as goes long, down the as same long as in the you book. Get the jog, right. As long as it's a jog <laughs> yeah. around the bases. No doubt. So, Sean, this one's a fun one for you. If you can pick sure. any ex teammate, you make it to the show. I'm not because you may have already even face some guys in in, in the minors. You make it to the show, and you can pick an ex-teammate to be the first one you strike out on the big league stage. Who is it? I want Gilbert. <laughs> I want I want Gilbert. That's the right answer. He's probably he's probably going to snap his bat, and he's going to throw his helmet. <laughs> oh, yes. He's going to throw his helmet into the into the helmet shelf and stuff like that. So I think I, I think I, I think I go Gilbert on this one. All right, Evan, you can pick a pitcher to take yard in the show. Who is it? Well, you're Man, on the Chicago Cubs, of course. <laughs> of course. It, it would have to be Chase Dollander. Um, yeah. I, I love that dude. I love mm-hmm. the dude. He, he's a fantastic guy. He's, obviously, you've seen what he, he can do on the mound. Um, but he's going to have a 10-year career in the majors. So to be able to say I took him deep mm-hmm. on a major league field would be it'd be nice. Yeah, Lipscomb said Joyce and – Pavs said cheese, which I then sent cheese, and he was very disgusted because he said, as if I don't give up enough bombs. Like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's kind of foul that he went I after think the he, cheese. Yeah, he, he did set some kind of record of like fall and like in season home runs. I think it was like 40 <laughs> if you combine the both. <laughs> hey, but y'all he, always he, he had would, enough firepower behind him to give yeah, him the dub. Yeah, he, <laughs> he wouldn't be mad about me saying that either. I promise. He'd laugh about it. So let me ask no, you guys, how, how how weird does he look without, as he called them, the mosquito goggles when he pitched them? No glasses at all now. Does that, I mean, does that not look funny to y'all as y'all seen them for so many years in one way? No, those goggles were elite. Those were, those You're were elite. like, those were Chad to a T, like not even close. So I guess, I guess you, it is kind of weird to see him not wearing them. All right. I'm going to ask you to answer that, that question, Sean. How many is Jordan Bett going to hit in Colorado? 50. In the big leagues, if he makes it to the bigs, how many are we going with? In one season, I'm going to go close. Probably, I'll I'll say forty. I mean, I, I mean, with that air there, I mean, it's gonna, you got to hit oh. it up. Evans like seventy. <laughs> nah, nah, I, I love Beck, man. He, he's, um, I, I don't know if I can give him forty, man. Forty's quite a few. 
That's a lot. Uh, that's, that's a strong a dude, but he cut his hair. I'm going to go 30. Yeah, the, the haircut bothering the mess out of me. I don't know if he's got any power anymore. I've, seen, I've read Samson in the Bible. I know how this Jim, goes. Jim, I got a question. You're not the one getting interviewed. All right, who looks more strange, Jordan Beck without the hair or Cheese without the goggles? Oh, I think Beck without the hair. I agree. I, when I when you sent me that picture that day, I was like, "Who is that? What?" <laughs> I mean, it's weird how you can't recognize somebody because of hair, but I mean, it, it happened. Like, I remember. But, I remember when they posted a picture of him at like his rookie ball whenever he got drafted in Colorado, and there was like a picture of him, and I was like, "I was like, why are they posting this guy?" That's what <laughs> I it, said. Jim sent it to me. He was like, "Look at our boy." I'm like, "Who?" What? Yeah, we had that I guy did. on. I had to take a second look. I was like, who is that guy? So so perfect segue because we're talking about these guys. You know, we've had a lot of your teammates on, and there's been a, a consistent debate um, about who has the most drip, who has the most swag. Cheese clearly thinks it's him. Um, Camden Sewell came on said it was him. You know, we've had some of your teammates say it's clearly Kirby in that stash. And then, you know, Coach V, I mean, how can that not be a possibility? All these debates. So, Evan, I'll start with you. Of all the guys you play with, I mean, who's the king of swag? The king of swag, man. Uh, Trey Lipscomb. That's more what than I was likely. Say. Where's that fur coat, baby? Boy. Man, it, for some reason, it, that, that hat with the fur coat, just it looked right on him. It, it, Coach V said it smelled terrible, though. <laughs> it's awful. awful. <laughs> what about you, Sean? It ain't me, that's for sure. It's, I, I don't know. I've been seeing these minor little picks. You got you got the flow and the shades. You in the mix now, bro. Oh, are we talking baseball swag or are we talking like just life yeah, swag? No, we're talking about baseball swag. Oh, we're talking baseball swag. All right, let's go. Uh, who'd you say, Evan? I said Lipscomb. Trey. Trey? I noticed nobody said it, it ain't, that's kind of weird. It, it ain't cheese. <laughs> Well, you're gonna have to convince him of that. Yeah, I'm gonna. She, she says he has more swag than anybody. This man came on to our our last episode. No, no joke. Randy immediately addressed it. He was wearing a cut off denim V neck. It was so clean, bro. I'm gonna. I'll say. I'll say Ferguson. Oh, I got a new answer. Nobody has said Fergie yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll Fergie, Fergie. If you're watching this episode, you could come on our show now. Don't be scared. Man, what he's the one Tennessee guy that is not Kane. This is. I'm. Yeah, we we gotta get him. We gotta get him on here after I said that. Mike is kind of our – he's our version. He's like the Wish.com version of Max Ferguson. You know, kind of looks similar. You know what I'm saying? Real cute. Got some hot girls, that. you know. I appreciate that. All right, so this next one's going to put you all on the spot. And y'all ain't going to like picking, but I'm going to do it. Start with you again, Evan. You know, obviously we know the expectations with Dolander, but we know what Burns, Beam have. You know, who has the best season on the mound this year, the three of them? Mm. Uh, it's no question, man. Um I think Beam had a fantastic season. Don't get me wrong. I, I think Burns is the sky's the limit for him. But Chase Dollander is about to do some things that I, I just don't. I don't think we'll see from college baseball in a long time. Um, you know, he's got a smooth delivery. He's able to repeat pitches. Uh, he can throw four pitches for strikes. Uh, I would, I would feel guilty to bet against him. Well, I've already told him I, I, I publicly bet against him, and then I told Randy not to tag me because. Um, Chase was doing me favors, getting yeah, he was getting players on the sh you know the show. So don't don't mess up my connect. But I told him when he went to Baton Rouge, it was on, and uh, and then immediately Randy tags him in it. So I deleted but, uh, it, but I'm not sure if you saw it. 
I don't know. He's he. I I ain't trying to call my man out, but he is on the the socials a lot. He, he probably caught it. But uh, Sean, you know, for you, who do you think has the best season? Is is it Dolander, or do you think Burns or Bean? I'm in the same boat as Evan. I say Dolander, but I mean, you're also talking about two other guys that are top five rounders, like yeah, which is you know kind of nuts to have as a rotation in in the first place, anyway. But if I if I had to choose, I'd say Dolander too. And that's such a luxury for that Tennessee team. The idea that that Burns and um, Beam ain't even a draft eligible after this year, so they got them another year. So, like, right. that's such a beautiful thing. Um, all right, so this next one's fun. Blake Burke came on our show. He said he was hitting 25 home runs. Evan, over or under? Man, I'm taking the over. Mm. Um, there, there ain't no question that a guy like Blake Burke can, can leave the yard, but – um, especially at our park, um, being the, the short short fence and right, man, I, I just I if he plays every day, if he stays healthy and plays every day, he could very well hit 25, 26, 27. Sean, you're going over or under. I know you didn't get to play with Blake, but I know you watched him. <laughs> I didn't get to play with him, so I don't know him as well as Evan would. But I'm going to take the over because I saw the home runs he hit, <laughs> and I know that he hit like what 14 or something like that and like 80 ABs or whatever it was something crazy crazy it was like yeah it was yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over on this one I will Uh, say though it's gonna be difficult uh he he will go through a stretch where he struggles um just because he's more than likely gonna be the 3-0 hitter uh he'll be he'll be pitched to a little differently um he'll be feared his walk should be high if he takes them but he'll go through a, a little stretch where he has to figure out he can't swing at everything so that's what I was going to say. It's going to be an interesting transition for him because we saw it last year when he came in. He was It was like he was instant offense. So is he going to be able to make that? I'm sure he will, right? But it's going to be interesting to see because he did swing it at everything. Hey, but that's one of the things you've talked about, Randy, as a, as a di- Tennessee diehard. You've talked about the patience of the Tennessee hitters at the plate and their ability to take a walk better than most teams. So, you know, if Blake oh, yeah. stays, you know, the way that the Tennessee hitters have done, you know, in the last few years, I think he'll be willing to take the walks um, for the team. So interesting because, Daniel, I'm going to bring up what Daniel said back on this because I'm, I'm basically giving you all a cheat code to the answer to this question. But if you had to pick a team other than Tennessee – to win is it a cheat code? the national championship this upcoming season. Who is it, Evan? Oh, it's – I mean, you just want me to say it. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, yeah. Come on, come on. Yeah, he said I mean, cheat uh, code. Just don't say Baton Rouge. <laughs> no, I mean – if Look if at this to... answer. Hold on. Evan Russell, who wore the Florida Gators helmet. You believe this answer right here? My boy went viral. <laughs> Man, I will say that Florida – um, they'll have the talent. It's just it'll be a question to see if they can kind of kind of figure everything out. Crazy talented, mm-hmm. crazy talented. But uh, I mean, not near as talented as the LSU team. It, it's going to be whenever Tennessee goes to LSU, I, I might even buy a plane ticket for myself just to go see. Let's it. meet down there. We're all going. Man. Yeah, I'm that, gonna be that, sitting right next to George Cruz when Dylan Cruz takes uh Dolan to yard. I'm just saying. That that's a dude that I I'm glad that I would never have to call pitches for again, man. Um, he he's a different breed. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Can't uh, pitch around anybody in that lineup, really. When you look at it, just one through nine. Let me tell you a beautiful thing, Evan. I shared a clip the other day uh, when I, I was down in Baton Rouge for the the Ole Miss series, and uh, both these guys actually happened to be because Randy, you were on Delusia's episode, right? It was me. It mm-hmm. was me, you and Mike. You filling in for DB? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Delusia came on here, Evan, and he actually gave up uh, a oh, first see, inning bomb. Oh. 
to Dylan Cruz. And we talked about it on the episode. And, you know, he threw 40 pitches and then they had a rain out. And he wasn't supposed to come back the next day. But he said Dylan Cruz pissed him off so much he came back. And from then on, not even just that next day, Delusia was lights out. And he accredits that to how much Cruz pissed him off. Now, I will say this. His boys came on on the last Friends or Foes episode and exposed him and said, you know, during the meeting, they were specifically told not to throw down the middle of the plate to to Cruz, and he clearly was asleep during the meeting, and he did that, and Cruz made him pay. Oh, he gonna make you pay every time. So, Sean, is is it LSU for you? Or are you gonna Are you gonna mix it up? Give me Give me something. Different. I mean, I, I, I'm in the same boat. Like, I don't know. I think I think you wanted me to say LSU. You wanted us both to say LSU. I'm gonna say LSU because Tommy White just went over there too. I mean, I I don't. There's no. There's not really a hole in their offense, like at all. So, like, I don't. I don't see you know anybody except Tennessee. You know, getting their bats quieted down. All right. So for Sean, I need to know as a pitcher how he looks at this sophomore class of pitchers nationwide. Those cats at Oregon State, uh, Holton, Fulcher, you see it. The Tennessee bunch. Have you ever seen another class with that many arms? Is that like Tennessee sophomore class? No, just in general, because I think like Holton's at Vanderbilt, Oregon State's got a pretty deep run. Arkansas's obviously got a lot of good. The fact that he didn't put schemes from LSU on there, I discredit the whole question. But go ahead, continue. I mean, yeah, I mean, as you, I mean, I don't know much about those schools and their sophomore class and their pitchers and stuff like that. But if you look like across college baseball in general, I feel like every time there's a new class that comes up, everybody's just getting better and better. Everybody's got, you know. I mean, there's guys that are like 13 throwing like 90 now, which is like nuts, but whatever. But, I mean, I guess as you keep going, you know, years go by. I mean, everybody's getting better and better, so. Yeah, no doubt. Well, this is my last one, and and, and you're either going to be a villain to me or a villain to Randy, one way or other, both of you. Don't do need it. You, need you to settle this. Remember, I'm in control of the broadcast. If I need to hit end, I will. Um, so, 45 days to the start of college baseball. 45 was the number one by one Kevin Copps. Also, today is Landon Sims' birthday. All 2021, me and Randy argued about who the best closer in baseball was. Was it Cops? Was it Sims? So we're going to let you guys decide. I'll start with you, Evan. If you can pick one guy to be on your team, is it Cops or is it Sims? Man, are we going college or professional? College. That that was the argument. College, I mean uh, (laughs) – I got to go with the guy that put up the, the greatest pitching season of all time. Um, I, I think I think completely different. I think it changes completely different with wood bats. Um, but True. in college, man, I, I'm taking Kevin Cobbs. He, he had an unbelievable season. No one ever match it. Sean, if you agree, I'll hit in broadcast. Better answer, right? <laughs> Do it quick. Will, say Cobbs. I'll say. <laughs> I'll say. I'm not gonna say. I'll say cops, but Landon Sims, like he's he's a dog too. Like, no doubt, both of them, both of them are really good. But well, I'm, well, gonna the, ha- I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go cops on this one just because of that season you had. I mean, it was well, the, unbelievable. The, the best part that was said to me today on social media as I did that whole thing between me and Randy, somebody said he won the Golden Spike, so that says it all. I said, well, Landon Sims got a national championship that year and got drafted 45 spots higher. So I'm just saying, but you know, <laughs> have your Golden Spikes. <laughs> Yeah, for, for me, the question was always 
who's the better pitcher right now. And to me, that was Kevin Copps because what he was doing, he wasn't even human. The guy was closing. He was Then he was starting. He was going deep into games. I mean, you just don't see pitchers. They had a rivalry of Arkansas that year. They should never say an Arkansas player. That's disrespectful. Yeah, I just I mean, think if you – yeah, go ahead. It was, it, it I mean, was, yeah. If I was, if I was taking tools wise, I mean, I'm not taking anybody other than Landon Sims. He's for sure. He's a freak of nature. Yeah. But, dude, I'll tell you what, the energy would always switch whenever Kevin Copps came into the game. Uh, there wasn't really like, no, there wasn't fear from our dugout, but the dugout in Arkansas, the Arkansas's dugout would just flip their energy, man. And they, yeah. it's almost like they knew they would win. So, it was like uh, it, it was like Mo Rivera coming in there. You heard Inner Sandman, and it was game time. Yeah, right, and, I, and it was just a weird spot to be in. I, I don't. I also don't think people realize how much he actually threw in his in the season because, I mean, I don't even know. I know it was under one. His ERA was under one. Yeah, but he also threw like his appearances to innings was like absurd. So like he was getting used a lot. So I mean, half the time he's probably throwing, and he's you know that 50 percent you know he's not feeling the greatest blah blah blah. like that shows a lot to me that, I guess. that was actually uh what made our debate interesting because landon sims was actually sitting number two out of relievers uh, in the era behind him so it, it was a good argument and, and landon sims actually had a nice uh a stat going for him and and we had fun talking with him about it um what's the dude from notre dame's name randy um uh, don't talk about Notre Dame. No, oh, that's right, you don't. Uh, the dude who hit it like 750 feet on Landon Sims to be the first oh, home run yeah. he gave up all year, and he was God, like, that, that, "Well, who was the guy that came off from Mississippi State that said that ball's still moving?" Logan Tanner, the catcher. Logan. He <laughs> yeah. said it's still traveling. What a what a home run to be the first one you give up, one that's launched to the moon. Man, no, oh, absolutely. Uh, so, Sean, I want to go to you real quick. Obviously, you know, we talked about you getting drafted. Um, by Tampa, they're obviously known for having a strong farm system. Um, instead of bringing up talent, going free agent market, they like to build from within and build up. So, uh, give us some names of some guys that you played with or that you know about that you think we'll be seeing in the show anytime soon. Um, I uh, played with Taj Bradley. He's the number one pitching prospect in all of MLB in the minors. Um, he was with I played with him for half a season. Um, he's absolutely unreal. I mean, he throws like four pitches for strikes wherever he wants. He's up to like 99. Um, he did, he actually just got put on the 40 man, um, this off season. So he'll definitely debut at some point. I would say next season. Um, I played with a pitcher named John Doxakis. Uh, he went to A&M actually. Um, and also you're probably, you're not going to know who this is, but, um, Oslavis Basabe, he's, um, he's from the Dominican, I believe. Can you spell he, that, Sean? <laughs> yeah, I can spell it. I can't spell his first name right now. I can spell his last name though. But he he's he's an unreal hitter. Like he's got probably the best hands I've ever seen. Um, he doesn't strike out ever. So I'd look for probably those three those three names right there. No, excellent. So you kind of mentioned, or Evan kind of said it earlier, that you were in the the Tennessee facility. But what is a what does a workout look for you like when you wake up and just and you, you mentioned who you're working out with, but when you go back, I want to ask you what a workout looks like. And when you go back, obviously to Knoxville to work out, is that the kind of thing? Do you think that's always existed at Tennessee, or do you think this is another one of those things that that V and you guys have helped build this program to where it is that you want to come back, work out together, and get to that next level together? Yeah, I remember my freshman year, sophomore year around that time. I didn't. I don't. Evan can correct me if I'm wrong too. I don't remember many guys 
coming back to work out as pro guys. I mean, maybe a couple. Um, but as the years went on, I feel like, you know, my junior year, there was the guys that were ahead of us that got drafted were coming back to work out and being around us a little bit. Um, but, you know, I mean, this year there's a lot more. I've, there's, I mean, a packed house in there in that weight room not, right now. So there's a Look lot at, more guys than there was my freshman year. Like you think that helps in training. building – yeah, definitely. We'll get to that in the question. But do you think <laughs> that, that that's helped and build that stability in that program and just the pedigree of what Tennessee baseball is becoming or has become? Yeah, I think so because, I mean, the players that are here right now, the, the younger guys, the freshmen, sophomore kind of guys, they see, you know, all these pro guys come back and they're probably thinking like, hey, I want to be that guy too. So I'd, I'd say that gives them motivation and, you know, kind of gives them like clarity to be like, hey, like that could be me if I keep working hard and trusting my coaches and stuff like that and, you know, playing hard and stuff like that. So I feel like it's changed the culture. And uh, Sean, really quick, Randy, if you don't mind, because this, this one's the one that I just love picking the brains of, especially with pitchers. Uh, we had a hard time just having this conversation in general, because obviously everything's so new. Um, but the Rays and to DB's credit, right? Rays are amazing at developing pitching. You look at Glassnow right now, McClanahan and everybody else throughout that organization. Who are you most excited in a spring training type scenario to really pick the brain of? Right now, I would say either McClanahan or Glassnow. Um, McClanahan just came off one of his, one of the greatest seasons he's had. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they both throw 112 too. So, I mean, you could always ask him about that, but I mean, those guys just work differently, I think. I mean, just being around those guys in spring training and seeing how they how they go about their business, like what stuff they do to get themselves, you know, prepared to pitch and stuff like that is is something that everybody should, you know, watch if, if you're in the minor leagues and want to get to that level. For sure. DB said, what's the word around the Rays camp with no shifts this season? You like that as a pitcher, the no shifts? Uh, I don't know, man, because – I got away with some some stuff this season where they should have been hits, but like the the shifts were like right on. So I, I don't know. I kind of like it, but sometimes when it when it doesn't work out, I don't like it at all. So I, I don't know. Like I can't really give an answer on that one. Like, Evan, kinda, I want to. Yeah, Evan, what about you're a hitter, Evan. baby? Come on, let me know what's what's the batting average, Evan? What's the batting yeah, average? Four fifty. I would have hit three fifty at least. I would hit three fifty at least if they didn't have someone in that six hole. <laughs> Ain't no doubt. That's why hey, she just started hitting them out instead, huh? Yeah, Evan said you can't put a shift into the bleachers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, ask Vanderbilt. Ask LSU. You heard me. Uh, but, but Sean, well, well, I'll end with you on this one. Do you know when you report to spring training yet? Um, they haven't set us like a date yet. But last year it was like February 27th, something something like that. But um, I got to go to a camp in two weeks um, down in Florida, so. I'll be there for three weeks, and I come back, and then I'll go back to spring training around the end of February. Sure. Excellent. Put that put that one up there, Jim, because I think we've actually asked Evan this before. In terms of where the program is, how satisfying was it for them to go into Nashville and take care of business? Did that series give them the feeling that they had finally gotten to the next level, or was it going into Oxford and doing what they did at Swayze or something different? So, Evan, I'll ask you first. Well, I guess I have to ask you both because you were the one on the team, and Sean was already dicing them up in the minors when this. Was I happening. actually know the answer because I was there. So go ahead. I'll um, I'll just give some honesty, man. Whenever we went into Oxford and they were number one at the time, and we we took care of business there, we were pretty shocked on them being number one. Um, just because we were the the pitching staff top to bottom, 
yeah. we didn't feel we didn't feel was was good enough to be number one, and we we thought that the talent level, uh, to be honest, we thought that we were much more talented than they were for them to be higher ranked. But obviously, we were pretty wrong with how they finished the season. Um, but going into the Vanderbilt series, we thought they were pretty talented. Uh, that we thought they had, I mean, they had five or six guys up to 98 on the mound. So uh, that Vanderbilt series, whenever we, we sort of went in and um, had a battle with, it, with a state where in baseball, they were always better than us. They were always taking care of business with us. For us to flip the script, that Vanderbilt series, um, I, I think that was whenever we, we really started running with some confidence. I mean, let's be honest, Evan. I, you know, to me, the Vanderbilt one's not impressive because as an LSU fan whose team wasn't as good as Tennessee, we went into Vandy and hung 20 on them. Come on, man. It was <laughs> it was the Ole Miss one. I was there for it. I mean, look, this is my this is my thing. And if we got any Ole Miss people watching, y'all, I've already said this publicly a million times. And so all the fair weather people, y'all, y'all can hear me, man. Y'all leaving in the fourth inning in the Tennessee games. That's all I'm saying. Bro, then, I would too. It was like 20 to nothing. But then the boards were like, I want my coach fired. And then they win a national championship and let's extend yes. him. He's the greatest coach ever. But Evan and them ran them boys out their own stadium. I was there for it. Hey, uh, note that you don't know, Mike, from the, uh, from the Ole Miss series. Uh, during pregame, Jordan Beck actually almost killed me. I was talking to the bookers and I had my back to, to the field Anyway, he had a foul ball that literally whizzed my hat, dude. I thought I was gonna die. I'll tell you what, here's what you gotta do. This is this is the Mike Hughes expertise. Now, four concussions later, I mean the, the answers switched up throughout the ways. But if you close your eyes and pretend like it's not happening, it doesn't hurt as it was much. behind I mean, me though. How do I close my <laughs> eyes and pretend anything, bro? Listen, here's what's gonna happen. And Evan, Evan, as a catcher, I mean, come on, you caught for Joyce. You got to agree with me. I caught for a kid who threw 88 and I damn near <laughs> shit. So I have no idea what catching for Joyce is like. But uh, for me personally, Jim, you have one of two options. Either your eyes are gonna close themselves. Or you, or you close them yourself and you feel like you're in a little bit more control. Kind of like, remember the Sandlot when he said, man, was running the first base, boom, lights out. See, if you just close them, it's, it's just it's just like you're taking a nap. It's just so much. It's oh, so you're going to be taking a nap if you so get hit with a Jordan Beck foul ball. <laughs> so it says Facebook user, but that's clearly an Ole Miss fan talking about, you know, the gap, the one with gas left wins. But we're not here to talk about Ole Miss. We talk in Tennessee. Go ahead, Randy. Yeah, Evan, uh, so wanted to get into you, and we're going to talk about kind of your next move, but you made an announcement today, so I don't want to take that glory from you. Could you just tell our listeners, you know, what the announcement was? Yeah, man, I, I decided that um, having a career in baseball uh, was probably not going to be best for me with my situation. Um, being 24 years old, having teammates that are 16, 17, um, that are going to be in the system, and get their foot in the door and go ahead and get that career started with, uh, let's be honest, they have millions of dollars in their bank account as well. That, that's got to help. So um, knowing that, that that was my competition um, and obviously their talent level was pretty, pretty intense as well. They, they were all talented individuals. Um, knowing that situation, knowing that I'm a free agent, um, my career was – going to be very difficult to sustain. And there wasn't much security when it came to six or seven years down the road, whenever my contract ran out um, of having any money. If I didn't make it to the big leagues, I wasn't going to have any money. I was going to be relying on my parents to help support me 
Um, and, and that's no way to live if I, if I had plans on starting a family. So um, I, I had to sort of see the writing on the wall, um, understand that my role was going to be a bullpen catcher for quite a while until um, the cards kind of aligned for, for me to continue my career. Um, and fortunately, I, I, was, I had the ability to have a, a decent degree in my back pocket and um, being able to have options and uh, see that a career for me was probably headed in a more sustainable direction. Um, that, that's sort of where I made the decision of continuing something else. Mm-hmm. Well, damn, Evan, you were in school for like eight years, bro. Aren't you a doctor? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should have I went that route, man. I ain't going to no, lie I'm to you. Kidding. 100%. Uh, but Evan, I, I do want to ask you something. You know, a, a former friend of mine, um, I don't mean to put him on blast, but he's a member of the Chicago Players organization. Uh, but here we are. But he doesn't mind. You know, he he talks about being in the minors. Obviously, he's not a guy like a Drew Gilbert getting drafted in the first round. Spent a lot of his time sleeping in his car. You're a minor league baseball player, a professional baseball player, and you got guys sleeping in their cars. Guys like you, who one of the smartest guys in the room, obviously one of the most hardworking guys in the room, but make that decision for family reasons. Not everybody can be supported by their family. And even those, like you said, like, yeah, I'm sure as amazing as your father and your mother are, like, I'm sure, you know, they're having that conversation as well. Like, listen, I don't, I don't want to have these conversations at 24 years old. How, how much do you think the MLB needs to change that, that there are guys living in their cars and minor league ball players who are, you know, one injury away from a career ending injury, making 10,000 a year. Like, well, how do you feel about the minor league system in that aspect? Well, th- there you go. You, you made the comment making 10 grand a year. Um, you, you know, that's very difficult to sustain a living, uh, especially if there, there's some people, some of my teammates, you know, had, had kids. They were mm-hmm. married with kids and uh, spending six to eight months away from their, their kids basically throughout the year, making 10 grand. Um, I'm signing up. <laughs> Randy's Randy's got his own team at home. If he if he didn't know already, He's Evan's gonna have more. I have a prediction right here, right now. Evan has Hot more takes than Randy. Ooh, Evan, you got, long, you got a lot of catching up to do. I had two by the time I was twenty four. I, I can see it. He, you know, it's that Tennessee boy. He gonna have like five or six of them. Watch. I love man, it, man. I, I don't know about that. I, I'm definitely not in any rush. Um, to have children anytime soon, but uh, that Mike, is, Mike, Mike makes you think it. you don't want to have any, doesn't he? Listen, <laughs> I understand it. Listen, the Chicago way. Hey, I'll see you when I see you. I'll see you. Oh, oh my goodness, <laughs> we'll man! We'll catch up. We'll see each other oh, around the way. Hey, Randy, Randy, reel us back Evan, in. Let me let me reel this back in. Hey, my bad. So obviously. No, you're good. You're good. So the announcement was obviously made. Legendary career. I've talked about, you know, what you meant uh, to build in this program. Talked about what you meant to, you know, to Tennessee baseball, what you meant to a lot of kids as well. Obviously, that was well documented. So speaking of the kids today, you also made another announcement um, that you're excited about running a camp in in West Tennessee at Scott's Hill High School. Uh, I read the information. We read the information. But for those that don't know, tell us what this camp's going to be about and what you're going to be doing. So basically I decided to run this camp because whenever I I come from West Tennessee, so that was sort of where I wanted to start. And I sort of realized at a very young age that um, the education of baseball in West Tennessee and the competition level and understanding how to become a college baseball player, um, there's a lot, there's a lack of information. uh, Right. So I, I, I sort of wanted to go back and, 
if there's ever any kids that want to dedicate their life to trying to be a college baseball player, I at least want to give them opportunity of knowing how to dedicate their life. Um, because there were, there were many years that I was dedicating my life to the things that not necessarily is what I should have been working on. Right. So, um, that, that's sort of the reason why I'm trying to go back to a camp, give something that's, uh, to be honest, extremely financially, uh, beneficial for a family um something that's not a lot of money to do um trying to go out of my way set something up where these kids can sort of have mechanical information on the field but also be able to video um, throughout this camp take notes give them a full report on what if i was in their shoes what i would be working on um, in order for them to play at the next level and also be able to provide information to the families on what the recruiting process looks like. Um, to be honest, there's a lot of recruiting tactics that are just money savers or money makers for college. Absolutely. So there, there's, there's information that I feel like I give out uh, in order for people to save money along with getting enough information on how to go throughout the process um, with a little more educated education than they had before. So we've had a lot of your teammates on, obviously, and they always mention two people as far as leaders as players, and that's Connor Pavaloni and Evan Russell. A lot of them say they could see you becoming a coach one day. Do you think that this camp is the start to something like that? Potentially, yeah. I mean, I, I'm never going to turn down an option of having a conversation in any way when it comes to that. I, I feel – that I had the privilege of five years of being around college baseball. I, I played more games than anyone did at Tennessee. So therefore yes, I have did. an advantage. I have an advantage of the experience in college baseball. I know how it works. I know how it's run. Um, I know the talent that it takes. I know, I, I know I, there's nothing that I, I, I can't, um, that I haven't seen before. So in you college. say you played the most games in the Tennessee uniform and I got to address the question or something. So, I mean, would you coach for Vanderbilt? And if he did, Sean, would you still be friends with him? I'll let him answer that first. <laughs> uh, I love I love Tony Vitello. That's my guy to death. Um, but growing up, I had a big respect for Tim Corbin. Of course. You know, I'm from Tennessee, so I was watching Vanderbilt. Tony Vitello wasn't at Tennessee. Uh, right. Tony Vitello was an assistant at Arkansas. Um, I, at the time, I didn't know – Arkansas wasn't recruiting me. I didn't know much about Tony Vitello and obviously he's made a statement and, and that's my guy, but I grew up um, sort oh, of. Don't you, don't you say it. I, 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 really love, the, I it. love the dancing, but at some point this broadcast ends. <laughs> Evan, don't say it. This will break my heart. I'm worse than you retiring. Bro. Say it with your chest, it. Evan. Say it with your chest. I think he's going to say he would do it. And I respect him for it. Everyone has a price. Let's just say that. Hey, <laughs> shit. Me too, dog. He, he would do it. Hey, I thought you would. And, right and Sean, obviously you would support him. You're his friend. And, I'd support, yeah. But, I'd support. but how, how, would, how would you feel, man? You're a Tennessee guy. I'd support, for sure. I'd have his back in the situation. I think when Tennessee Vanderbilt plays against each other, if he's coaching for Vanderbilt, I think I'm going to have to be loyal and stay with the balls. Of course. But, but I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, we're still boys. You know what I mean? Like, right, Of course. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to turn over that loyalty from the balls, man. I ain't gonna Evan, lie. Yeah. I, I gotta be honest. What I'm hearing with you. is you would fold the game on purpose. <laughs> Evan, I gotta be honest with you, dog. I, I 
I would have to heckle you, bro, and I don't want to do that. You're, you're like my boy. You're like, I, I mean, this is not even hyperbole. I mean, when you really think back, and and I hope that both of you guys are able to do this at some point, if not, you know, at this young stage of your life, and realize. Obviously, you talked about Batello making a statement, Frank Anderson, all those guys that have done this this incredible work at Tennessee. But you guys, Sean, Evan. Uh, so Drew Gilbert, uh, all these guys, you guys have been the ones that have made Tennessee baseball what it is. Without you, it's not that. So I just I say all that to say I hope Evan now with you kind of hanging up the cleats as a player, uh, you can appreciate what you guys have built uh, to this point because this Tennessee baseball is not in the top five preseason going into this year if not for what the work that you guys have done and uh that's all i'm, I'm done fanboying now so we can get on to the the, the close I, I think you forgot a name when you when you were I'm listening off who fanboy. built this program liam spence is a is liam a for sure connor pavaloni i mean i could name guys all day i just oh, yeah. i just wanted you to name you know. liam especially since he came on our show and said he didn't hit home runs and then hit like six in the first no like, okay games. let me tell you why i'm not gonna name liam because he did an interview in the stairwell next to a sprinkler pipe you know what i'm saying it was just that was, I was worried <laughs> and you called him out that was the yeah, you said, I was like, look. I said, Liam. Well, man, no, it was a this or that question, and it said, uh, would you rather have the painful truth or a comforting lie? And then Randy goes, is the painful truth that you're sitting in a stairwell right now? <laughs> <laughs> but but no, that's real talk, though, guys. I, I really do hope that you guys can appreciate this. Evan, as you're going on to, to coach and mold young men and what it means to – build a program what you guys have done at Tennessee is not something that's ever gonna you know it doesn't just go away like that I mean right this is important stuff and it means success for no matter what even if Patello leaves I'd be devastated I don't want the guy to leave right but I think the lasting legacy is you guys are still going to be Vols forever right mm -hmm. yeah and I, I think that's very important for the next generation of Tennessee baseball players to understand man it's there's been a foundation a standard set and um, they're gonna have to meet it and if they don't, then we'll have to restart this process all over again. So um, I, I think there's – with comes great success, there comes some great pressure. So um, we shall see if they – Heavy is the head that wears the crown, my friend. That's right. Hey, yeah, but, uh, but I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. I, I predict before, before we're all done, I think Evan will be coaching somewhere, and I think Sean – I'm going ahead and saying it – this year – He's getting called up to the big leagues. Listen, him and Joyce both. I'm going him and Joyce both. We're flying down to Tampa. No, yes. oh, without a doubt, without a Tampa doubt. Tampa yeah, against Anna or LA now. And if that if that happens, you're all coming. I promise. DB's been talking a little crazy in the chat. I was on my way down there anyway with the bat. Me and Evan were going, but hey, I, look, I you can say, ask Sean, man. You don't you don't want to fight a pitcher, man. They got. Oh, they got I, am, I said nothing about Sean. DB's old. He's Come on, and come Sean's on. tall and long. Damn, and, and Sean's tall and long. You don't want nothing to do with that. Hey, Jim, Jim, what happened to the last dude that called DB out? Man, he ain't hit a single home run, bro. Mm -mm. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, that was a question that I did have on my list. I forgot to ask. We can't close this until I ask this to Sean. This was a question for Sean. Uh, I don't know how I miss this. Jordan Beck's bat slam that he did when he slammed the bat, not flipped it, slammed it. If you're an opposing pitcher, the next time he comes around, is he getting ear hold? I'm gonna say no because I I like the bat flip stuff because like it adds flavor to the game. But it wasn't a flip. That was I, that was a yeah, slam. It was a slam. I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't remember the situation like to a T. Mm. But if I'm a pitcher and uh, somebody hits a ball that far off of me, like. You can pretty much do what you want. Like you, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm probably not even looking at him. I'm probably watching the ball and like you know going to the stars. You know what I mean? But like, 
I mean, at that point, you kind of just got to let it happen because, I mean, he beat you. You know what I mean? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, isn't that what Landon Sims kind of said? All he could do was turn around and look. He's like, man. Yeah. He, yeah. He, 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 well, he also had like a eight-run lead. So, it's it's nice that you can admire a home run ball and know it just cost you the game. Hey, I got yeah, one. I mean, around sometimes like, you, that would have sucked. Yeah, sometimes, ahead, you, sometimes you got to watch it. I mean, it's mesmerizing. Right. No, 100%. I don't, I don't yeah. think the guy watched Drew Gilbert when he hit that game-winning grand slam. I would he, he, I would Remember earlier when we were saying everything just goes black sometimes? I think that's one of those moments your just mind is like, we're going to suppress that one. That one's not, we're, we're going to think about that one when it's, we're like. It's six. funny you say that because Gilbert said he went black when he hit that. He, oh, said, he, he, he said he can't remember it. It's a two-way then, street, man. It's positive and negative, man. You The craziest moments will black out. And when we asked Blake Burke the same question about big bombs, he said the same thing. He blacked out. But, Sean, I got to ask you a question. And, Evan, you too as a catcher. When you're obviously we don't see it in in college baseball a lot when guys when a pitcher hits a guy on purpose, but we see it sometimes like in the pros or whatever. What's the biggest difference between the pros and and college baseball and why you don't see that? I think it hurts more. <laughs> uh, I think I think in pro like you're around you're playing those guys every single season. I mean, those if you're playing twenty seasons, like that's twenty years you're facing the same guys. There's so always gonna him. there there's always gonna be some kind of you know beef or something that happens you know you're you're gonna hold grudges stuff like that but in college i feel like we care more about winning mm-hmm. and like i wouldn't say more about winning because they care about winning too but but I'd they say have 162 games yeah. yeah right so i mean i I'm, I'm not really sure if there's a big difference in it i mean Evan I, probably... I just know everybody in the in the majors rejoiced because Ben Joyce came on our episode and said that he would never intentionally hit anybody. So <laughs> thank the Lord for that. Sean, Sean can I, I, I don't believe that. Really quick? Yeah, so, yeah. Listen, man, you're the nicest kid we've had on here so far. Nicest guy I've you met. Stuck up, brown nose. I don't care. I don't care. But I've watched. You said the, the same thing to the last six guests. Yes, I have, and they're all the nicest boys. But anyways, back to it. Forget Jim. Jimothy's lying. I didn't say that. And don't watch the last episodes because it's not relevant. <laughs> but, Sean, I watch your game, man, and you remind me so much energetically of, like, a Justin Steele. I mean, you, you're out there, man, and you're doing your thing. How much does it take you to actually drill a guy, though? Like, what what is it for you that's like, I got to drill him? I mean, is it, it, a would, it, would, it would take a – yeah, it would, it would take a lot, to be honest with you, because, like, I'm – Talk about I, his mama. Yeah, I don't want to let anybody on base in general. <laughs> like, and I mean, I guess you'd have to look at the score too. Like, if it's close, no shot. Like, right. like they, it would have to be like, you know, something really bad. But like, I, I don't. Speaking I don't of know, mamas, I mean, we got Mike's mama on the on the. On there's the gotta be now. somebody Actually, who loves Mike. Uh, I'm a, I'm gonna say this right now. She don't watch nothing I do. She don't even know what I'm doing right now. Right? So, but Evan. But did you get a snow shovel? I'm just, Dude, Evan, hold on. Nah, because see, now I'm gonna, it's going to I'm trying up. to let these boys get out of here. Stop Wait, it. no, hold on. Oh, Evan, I got a shovel, bro. Like, what the hell is that? I don't even. <laughs> but you know what? I'm appreciative, and that's all I'm going to say, and God is good all the time. So look, I will appreciate look, that. Dylan shovel. Cruz, I actually listened back because Dylan Cruz was the first episode after Christmas last year, and he said it's about getting what you need, not what you want. And, Mike, you needed a shovel, damn it. I had a shovel, damn it. But anyways – um, Evan, last one before I wrap this one up. What does it take for you to give the sign? And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Drilling somebody, Evan. Drilling somebody straight in the rip. Ben Joyce is pitching. You see it. It's an armed weapon on the mound. You just look at the dude to your right or to your left, and you're like, F this guy, man. Like, what, what is it? What does it take? 
I'll tell you what, man, I, I couldn't really do much of it in college. Um, just because you only play 56 games, if you got caught intentionally hitting someone, if there was a brawl, if there was punches thrown, somebody's getting ejected, somebody's getting suspended for three or four games. Um, you say the F word to the umpire in the right. middle of an at-bat. Yeah, there. you're gone, um, which that's a whole different discussion. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Why you got to do that? Why you got to do that? Um, Why you gotta, that didn't need to be mentioned. That didn't need to be talked about. Yeah. Nothing but the hits here on pros and Joes. <laughs> but, man, in pro ball, it happened all the time. Why? Yeah. Even, I was only in there for uh, a short amount of time, but it, it was happening, it felt like, every week. Mm. Uh, you got a guy on the mound that's made 4 or $5 million it, He'll get fined ten grand if he get tossed out. Man, that's nothing. Well, what's yeah. funny is somebody I forgot who who told it. Remember, Randy was on Twitter. Somebody said, well, "I I bet Gilbert won't bat flip on people like that in the pros." And we we're like, "Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right." Yeah, it's, happening. it's happening, and it's going to start a bunch of problems. But yeah, he he might get drilled. Is that yeah? For both of you guys right now, I want to give you guys the opportunity to plug in anything. Obviously, Evan, you said mentioning your camp. If you want to plug that in, your Instagrams, Twitters, whatever it may be, uh, the floor is yours. Evan, we'll start with you, brother. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a camp coming up. Um, if anyone is watching that's around West Tennessee, if you have a chance to, to join this camp, I, I think that it would be very beneficial. Um, I'm just trying to supply some sort of knowledge, experience that I had, and make it easier on anyone that's wanting to follow the same sort of steps that I did. So um, if that's something interesting to you, uh, I, I would ask to look at my social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you should find the information there through my website. So, um, yeah. At Evan Russell underscore three. That's it. That's it. I'm just saying you will see me and Randy at the camp. We're, we're, we're making a comeback. It's going to be beautiful. Randy said, hell no. Nah, bro. Randy, Look, Randy, Evan said he's too old to do it, bro. I'm 14 years older than Evan. I throw one ball. I'll be like, Ooh, that was it. Sean, how about you, brother? Where could everybody find you? What do you got going on? Uh, yeah, if anybody's listening from the Nashville, Mount Juliet area and they want to do some pitching lessons, um, I'm going to be in Mount Juliet for the remainder of the offseason. So uh, if you guys want to come in and get some work in um, before I head out to spring training, you guys can just uh, find me on Instagram, Sean Hunley 32 and we can get something worked out. That's S-E-A-N, Sean. <laughs> S-E-A-N, not the other version. That's the weird version. We don't talk about that. But, fellas. We appreciate you guys coming on, man. It's always a blessing talking to you guys. I'm Pros and Joes. This is another episode of our edition this season. Friends and foes, the Randy Jower edition. This is his debut on Pros and Joes. You love to see it. Uh, I'm back forever, Jim, baby. Jim and I will be back tomorrow for episode six. going to be super exciting with former Mississippi State national champions in the house, Houston Harding and Preston Johnson. We'll be talking everything UCLs. Unfortunately, I will have to bite the bullet on that one because it actually is relevant now. Um, which man, I, can't, I can't catch a break. So if you guys want to see another episode of Mike Hughes catching shit by Preston Johnson, one of the most knowledgeable guys in the game, wasn't informed, you can catch us tomorrow. Super excited about it. Again, this is Mike Hughes, Jim Cross, Randy Jeezy Jowers on Pros and Joes. Thank you guys for listening from the All Sports All Plays Network. Peace.